Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Time now for Dan Issel and Louis Rabot, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louis. Welcome in, everybody. This is Dan Issel and Louis Rabot on ESPN 680 105.7. We appreciate you spending part of your day with us. And, of course, the first hour of the show brought to you by Kentucky Tourism, KentuckyTourism.com. Good morning, Lewis. They were talking high school basketball on the show before us. And, oh, um, okay. We have a terrific text into the text line. Here at 4379680UPS-Jobs text line, Breathitt County is already shooting the bonus. Is a funny text about how the refs are biased against Louisville teams. That's a good text. I just wanted to start the show with Breathitt County for no reason. <laughs> oh, man. How are you, Dan? You doing all right? I'm doing terrific. Good. How much basketball did you watch yesterday? <laughs> watch basketball from the time the show ended until I went to bed. <laughs> Had a great day. And see, and it's going to be even better oh, today, Louie. I, uh, <laughs> I called you yesterday. Do you just throw me on speakerphone? This is something I need to know because I <laughs> didn't expect to hear from Sherry five seconds yes. into our conversation. <laughs> yes. You know, as, as I've said before. Oh, man. Uh, my hearing, I guess at my age, my hearing would be going anyway. Sure. But after years of being in arenas with piped-in music and fake crowd noise, <laughs> um, so rather than to strain and listen, try to listen on the phone, I automatically put every call on speaker. Okay, that's good to know. Because I, I can hear it much better. Throw the F-bombs around and <laughs> ruin Sherry's well, day for that no ought reason. to be a lesson to you. Don't throw F-bombs <laughs> around, didn't. and then you never I have didn't. to worry if you're on speaker. I was, I was, I was giving a hypothetical. <laughs> I've never heard you, well, maybe once or twice. Maybe once, if, when maybe I was really angry about something. Yeah, right. Oh, man. <laughs> Probably talking about this station when other people weren't around, you know, or Avery or something. You know, you know. Quite possible. <laughs> Get it, this Avery. place, Get it. this place would make you use the f bomb. No question about that. Oh man, well it's Isla and Louis. Uh, as Dan mentioned, we're taking you up until noon. Uh, we will have our usual Thursday schedule today. Ben Roberts, beat writer, uh, Herald leader for the men's basketball, Kentucky, at ten thirty, and then Jay Davis, Cranes, Detroit, at eleven. Let me, let me ask you a question. Sure. I should have asked you this a long, long time ago. <laughs> okay. What is Cranes Detroit? Oh, it's a so Cranes is a uh, a journalism group that does business reporting. Oh, okay. And so you, you have to remember, and I and I think you know this because you lived it, but I think people even twenty years younger than you don't you know have a sense of this. Detroit ran the economic engine of this country for fifty years. 
with no no the the auto industry yes. that was it yes and in like states like ohio northern indiana even chicago different places all of them the infrastructure is built to get things to detroit to build cars and at one point the merger that happened for bank of america by the way was or, oh boy i don't want to say that oh, i forget which one they became but the national bank of detroit bought the national bank of chicago because it was bigger and there were twice <laughs> as many people in chicago i mean that's that's what that's what Detroit was, and that's why when Detroit hit its, its downside in the 80s and 90s, everyone celebrated because it's, it's always fun to see the Yankees lose or, you know, whatever, right? It's fun to watch the great thing. It's also, by the way, it's when we started rooting against ourselves as, as Americans was when we got weirdly regional about things, and when things started to fail, we went, oh, pff, Gary, Indiana, armpit of America, and it's like, why, why would you do that? Memphis sucks. Like, why? What, what are you doing? No, there's a bunch of great stuff in those places. Four and a half million people live in the Detroit area. Lots of them could leave. Lots of them. But lots of them stay. Buddy, I have a lot of buddies after college. It's the first thing they wanted to do. Move to Detroit, get a job, you know, in the big three or whatever, and, and mm-hmm. you know, live that life. I just... But anyways, where, what was I even talking about? Man, Cranes, I just, Detroit. Cranes, Detroit. So Cranes existed to do business reporting and the... Essentially, the economic capital outside of New York City was Detroit, so they they headquartered in Detroit. Got it. There you go. Got it. Now, well, you Jay, had told me before that Jay was was a business writer and yeah, just, he's a small business reporter. He tried to, um, you know, for a long time he tried to get into sports writing, but I mean, honestly, if you think about, for example, the Courier Journal, there's like two jobs. Mm-hmm. There's a million people here. There's two jobs, right? I mean, like that's why when people are like, "Wow, why do you do radio with Dan Issel and Avery Dill?" I'm like, "Because there's like five jobs." You know, it's like getting an NFL head coaching job. You just take it, right? Even if it is the Detroit Lions. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Avery, did you hear that? I, I did hear it. Oh, she's awake. Yeah. Hey, hi. He just, he just basically compared me and you to Gary Indiana. <laughs> Yeah. No, Gary's There's nothing nice. there. Gary's nice. Yeah. No, he's wrong about that. Detroit, <laughs> Memphis, yes. There is nothing there is nothing in Gary, Indiana, believe me. I think they have a um like the White Sox single A team is there. Um uh people asking uh about programming as well. I will get to that in just a second. I think it's like the Gary Railcats. Oh man. Oh it is the Gary Railcats. Look what a poll. Um the Gary South Shore Railcats, because of course they can't just be the Railcats. It's minor league baseball, so they have to add something. Uh, yeah. South Shore. There you go. So yeah. mm-hmm. they had one hundred and sixty-seven thousand people. Great big bulldozer and push it all into Lake <laughs> Michigan. That's what they ought to It'd do. It'd be nice to Lake Michigan. Um, someone asking who's going to be playing on one hundred five seven today? That's a Big Ten tournament doubleheader tonight at seven. Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Conference Championship Week here. Um, so 7 o'clock, you'll get uh, the doubleheader here on 105.7 and on uh, ESPN 680, of course. But on 93.9 at noon, um, if you don't want to listen to Nick Valvano, which, I mean, I mean, sorry, Nick. Um, Miami and Wake Forest is at noon on 93.9 The Ville. Yeah, see, it could be worse than me and Avery. <laughs> Is that a reference to Miami or is that a reference to Nick? I'm just no, kidding. No, that's a reference to Nick. <laughs> Doing great. Hey, I did radio What's with Nick for six candy weeks. candy bar? Yeah, right. <laughs> Let me tell you why O. Henry bars are underrated. Um, let's put up a poll on Twitter. Uh, no, we're not going to do that today. All right. Well, uh, Jim Beheim uh, thudded his way out of a career. And I this all just kind of just broke in the afternoon yesterday um, at his postgame press conference. And it... it 
All right. I, I want to be sensitive here because I'm going to talk about age. And, and I'm not – this is about Jim Beheim and not about you. But he's four years older than you still doing this. <laughs> um, I think he had his last kid when he was in his 50s, right? Like yep. he, just, he just kept his – he just extended everything, right? And I think yesterday really showed that mentally he's not where he used to be. Like that's not how you retire. That's not how you – and Mike DeCourcy has a really good piece at the Sporting News about how – this was this was really a chance for him to to elevate Adrian Autry into a job where frankly they've had this will be their third head coach in what for what seventy years or something. Mm. I mean, there's just no job turnover at Syracuse. Autry played for him, and he gets up there and he kind of doesn't know how to answer the questions. And so I don't know if he flubbed this or if he's just mentally not there, Dan. And I don't want to blame it on age, but I mean, certainly at 78, this level of job, when you're competing against guys, and we talked about this the other day, there's a little bit of psychosis that goes into this job. Like sleeping in your office is something that you think is normal or, you know, getting up at four in the morning to watch tape is normal, right? That kind of stuff where there's just an obsession with the job. And if you're Jim Beheim and you're 78 and you can't answer questions at a press conference, like you're doing a disservice to your legacy, to your, to the school, to the job, the whole thing, and so it, it was it was just kind of a big thud to end his career. Yeah, I uh, you know I he certainly handled it very very poorly. It was obvious to me, Louis. He didn't want to go anywhere. Correct. That that's the biggest part of it. He he wasn't going to come out like Roy Williams or like Coach K. Or others have done and say, you know, I'm retiring. It's time to pass. He he wanted none of that. He wanted to be the basketball coach at Syracuse next year. That was very obvious. He literally I wanted to watching, collapse and die on the sideline. That's what he wanted yeah, for his yeah. life. No question. No, that's yes. what he wanted to do. Yep. And so that's why he said, uh, you know, you're asking the wrong person. And and I switched <laughs> yeah, yeah. over uh, to the SEC network last night about uh, seven o'clock. Uh, when when the uh, the first game was starting sure. and it was still uh, the um, what's his name Fishbaum or Feinbaum Feinbaum he Fishbaum. <laughs> and, and he was talking about this and and evidently Fishbaum. he has had some interaction with Coach Beheim and he was I mean for a man who has his legacy. He was extremely critical, and he basically said, no, he didn't basically. He said, Jim Beheim has just become a crotchety old man, and I think that's exactly what, what has happened. Now, the legacy is unbelievable. He walked on as an 18-year-old freshman 60 years ago, Yep, 6-0, and has never left Syracuse. And so, you know, in the number of wins, he only won one NCAA championship. And there seems to be kind of a cutoff line between winning one and winning multiple as far as getting to that top level. But, uh, I mean, here's a kid. You talked about Autry. Here's a kid he recruited. Here's a kid that played for him. Here's a kid that's been there as his assistant for 12 years. When they make the announcement that he's the new head coach, don't you think it'd be nice if there was a quote from Jim Beheim in the announcement? You would think. I mean, he just, he kicked this thing so poorly 
I, I, you know, he said, you're asking the wrong person. It's up to Syracuse. And a half hour later, <laughs> it was it was up to Syracuse. Here's our new head basketball coach. So I, I feel badly for him mm. that it went this way. But I don't think he has anybody to blame but himself for the way that it went. I this in a, this is bad sports radio that I'm about to do. But I think both sides don't owe each other anything. Like I don't think Syracuse owes him anything, and I don't think he owes Syracuse anything. And that's why this came to a thud because he didn't want to quit. But they were like, "This isn't up to the standard that you used to have us at." So it's time to move on. We have a guy in waiting who we think is going to be better than what you're doing now. The interesting thing is when when Syracuse was here in town, and I know you watched that game, when they came out of timeouts, they scored. Like Bayheim can still draw it up, right? That's not the that's not it. But the energy required, the the constant recruiting required, the, the travel, all of those things that goes into it for a seventy eight year old man, that's a it's a lot to ask, frankly. Yeah. I I think he lost I, I think he lost interest. Now you can blame that on his age, but you know, he was part of the golden era of basketball it, it, when the Big East was the best basketball conference in the country. You know, and he coached against people like Lou Karnasek and John Thompson, Jim Calhoun, Roly Massimino. That, I mean, Absolutely. that was yes. big time. Yep. That was big time. And, and he even said it. He even said Syracuse University has no, uh, has, has no reason to be playing basketball in Greensboro, North Carolina. <laughs> and so I think when, when they went to the ACC, I, I think that took a little bit of his heart out. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I, there are certain schools that you wonder if they wouldn't be better off as an independent football and then trying to, you know, being in the Big East or something like that. You know? yeah. yeah. But, you know, I looked at his record, Louis. Obviously, the last two years, they haven't made the NCAA tournament. His record, even with all those patsies, you know that you that every team starts out with the last two years combined Syracuse is one game over 500 yeah they used to not leave the state of New York until like February <laughs> and um and they would just pack you know pack on those wins at the at the uh the stadium up there but I I they haven't been nationally interesting or relevant certainly since COVID but I mean I'm trying to think of the last time he had a player where I really thought, man, I got to watch that guy if he's going to be on TV. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, North Carolina is always going to be North Carolina, no matter who's coaching there. Duke is going to be Duke. Kentucky's going to be Kentucky. Kansas is going to be Kansas. You wonder if Syracuse will ever be Syracuse again. Yeah, I, I wonder this all the time. Um, you know, I having gone to Michigan State, I wonder the second Izzo's out of there if it doesn't. Drop two notches for sure, right? I mean, mm. who's who's the next guy there? For example, yeah. So yeah. No, this, these are not easy. Syracuse not an easy place to recruit to, man. It just isn't. So it'll be. Well, I, and I feel sorry for Autry because he should have been. Bayheim should have should have treated him better than that. You it, know, there's there's not one word from Bayheim about Autry becoming the new head basketball coach at Syracuse. And it's his guy. He's still by him twelve years as a, as an assistant plus playing for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, oh. just, it's just. And you know what? You made an interesting point, and this was something I wanted to bring up watching basketball yesterday. Yeah. Something I've noticed. Do you think, are you certain it was Jim Beheim who was drawing up those plays? Because I watched teams yesterday, and in critical situations, there were, there were three, 
three or four cases where an assistant coach had the board and was drawing up the plays that the team was going to run when they came out of the timeout. Yeah, I I think that's actually very common. And I think it's something that if you wanted to have a criticism of someone like John Calipari, it's he doesn't have coordinators. Right? He doesn't have someone who who he used to, but he doesn't have... <laughs> Can you imagine Cal letting... Uh, Shin, take take the board and draw up a play. Shin, get the grease board, draw something up. The no. only time he talks <laughs> no. to Shin is when he says, sit down. <laughs> uh, hey, Louie, I want to remind everybody about my friends at Bear Nose Pizza. Uh, great food, great drinks, great people. Uh, stop in the original Bear Nose, Bear Nose at, at Bowman Field out on Taylorsville Road. Say hi to our, our good friend there, Rob Moody. Uh, carry out, delivery, or dine in, 14 area locations in Metro Louisville and Southern Indiana. Yeah, it's that good. Bear Nose Pizza. By the way, they have an appetizer. The little breadsticks that they made that have the oregano, the basil, the poppy seeds on them. Have you had those before? Oh, yeah. And they bring a little dish of marinara oh, sauce. It's not the best thing on their menu, but it's an absolute must get if you're getting Bear Nose Pizza for sure. Yeah. So, great start. It's so good. It's so good, I don't even put mustard on it. Whoa! Upset! Avery, did you hear that over there? No mustard! I I walked in at marinara (laughs) sauce being really good, and then he doesn't even put mustard on it, so I have no idea what we were talking about. Thanks for coming back to the board during a live show. Appreciate it. You see, I was printing something out because the wing zone (laughs) stuff is different today. Oh, okay. So this one right here is bad? Yes. All right. So, so I want uh, look, theater. You see, I don't always read it out, but when I do, it's because it's like crazy different. There you go. Um, texter asking, who is Shin Coleman? Have you changed his name, Dan? What? Uh, Chin? <laughs> yeah, it's Chin, yeah. <laughs> you said Shin twice. It was great. <laughs> I hope I didn't walk all over. <laughs> hey, I'm almost as old as Bayheim. What do you want? <laughs> We're going to walk in some Monday. Dan's just quit the show. No, no. <laughs> and his replacement's just sitting across from right. me. I'm like, what? What's going on? That's right. <laughs> and I'm not saying you and Avery should replace me either. <laughs> You're on your own. Go find another time slot. I'd be I'm waiting Dan for him to connect, and then like, yeah, right. he just doesn't do it. And yeah. he's not here, right. and I'm going to be messaging him, and there's going to be no response oh. because he's sleeping. And I will not answer your text. You're absolutely right. Exactly. I'm out shopping that for day, mustard. That day may be coming sooner <laughs> than you think. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I tease. I love doing this. Yeah, I mailed uh, Dan a check yesterday. He may, we may not hear from him after Friday. So. <laughs> Got my money. I'm out. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyways. All right. So uh, we will have Ben Roberts about 10 minutes. We'll have Jay Davis normal spot at 11. Um, I left some stuff on from yesterday I want because I wanted to ask Ben about it. It was more of a mental reminder for me um, about Travis Perry, for example. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Adams is out of Texas A&M. Yeah. And since we're on coach talk right now, I, I don't – I don't – quote – so if people don't know this story um, – uh, Mark Adams was the coach uh, that took over after Chris Beard. Um, and his his statement, we'll start with that. We'll give him benefit of the doubt here. My lifelong goal was to help and be a positive influence on my players. I'm trying not to laugh. I'm sorry. And to be part of the Texas ma- uh, Texas Tech men's basketball team. However, both the university and I believe this incident has become a distraction for the Texas men's basketball team and the university, which I care about so deeply. 
According to the school, Adams was encouraging a player to be more receptive to coaching and, quote, referenced Bible verses about workers, teachers, parents, and slaves serving their masters. Adams apologized to the team immediately after the comment the school said. All right, so we just had the state of Iowa have to pay former football players $4 million. And and this happens, like, right after that. I I, I have never in my life, Dan referenced a, a slavery situation to encourage someone to play sports better. <laughs> let, let, let me let me translate what you just read, okay? Yeah. The, the translation is, they're going to fire my butt if I don't <laughs> resign. So see y'all later. That that that's 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 what he just said in that statement. Do you think he sat down with an attorney and the attorney's like, bro, I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) We ain't suing. I put my hands on this. Like, get out of here. Like we're done. Like, no, no. See the see the receptionist on the way out. Yeah, no, you're done. Yeah. No, I and that's what I said about uh, Morant and 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 the gun. Right. Uh, And and yesterday we have an we have another one, Louie. Sean Kemp, did you see this? Yeah, yeah. Sean Kemp gets arrested for a drive-by shooting at two o'clock in the afternoon. What I mean, what what are these people? Do these people don't realize what's going on in the world around them? Are are they just completely oblivious to the culture that we live in now? What are you doing shooting at a car at two o'clock in the afternoon? I mean, it's just. It's, it's stupidity is what it is. This one hurts because when you, when you grow up, there's certain guys, especially if you grew up, you know, ni- you know, I'm a late 80s, 90s kid. Like the video games that we had for basketball, like NBA Jam and that kind of stuff. Sean Kemp was like the dude. And like the Supersonics were kind of – they still had sort of the ABA vibe to them, Dan, for some reason, where the uniforms were a little a little gaudy and they had, you know – they had guys like Kemp and um, uh, Gary and, and, like, the different guys that played out there. And this one hurt, actually, because I, I didn't want Sean Kemp to be this guy. Like, 12, no. 12-year-old me is very sad right now, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those. No. And, and you know why it had that ABA influence is because George Carl was a coach there that's for fair. so many no, That's years. fair. Actually, good call. Um, yep. and, that, and that, you know, that's where George grew up in the ABA. I don't know if that made sense, but I guess it does if George was there. So, yeah. Um, I mean – I don't know, just 14 years. He was just part of the formative years of me getting to, you know, getting to love basketball as a kid, right? And and he was he was so he fit in so well with the basketball of the era, like the bad boys and the, you know, just the the you know, you if you win in the lane, you know, put on a bulletproof vest because and that's a bad reference here, but you know, put on some put on a, a football <laughs> helmet or something, right? Because you're going to get you're going to get tackled essentially, yep. right? And and, yep. and I, no. he was part of it, man. He was part of that like I mean, him and Gary Payton, man, I just remember for years just, you know, in out there, just great players and just a, a bygone era of, of that kind of basketball. I think it's it's better now what we're doing where, you know, it's more about proficiency and about scoring than it is about how well you can hip check someone when they enter the lane. Oh, no, I, I, I disagree with oh, that. Okay, I kinda, all right. <laughs> I kind of like that. I kind of like that way of playing. <laughs> Yeah, because you were an you were an immovable object. That's why. Um, 
but yeah, no, just uh, yeah, he was he's fifty three now. Was booked on a felony drive by shooting charge before six p.m. local time, about four hours after the incident. He was an NBA All Star six times, played fourteen years in the league, was drafted seventeenth overall in nineteen eighty nine. What were you doing in nineteen eighty nine? Running a horse farm? Uh, no, nineteen eighty nine. I was back with the Nuggets doing uh, as the assistant assistant general manager. Got it. Okay. Uh, it, of course, you know, Sean has a history of making some bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Was it Sean Sutton? He he took some jewelry from Sean, oh, Sean Sutton and, and, and tried and, and went to a, uh, what do you call those places? Hawk shops? Or yeah, pawn shop, yeah. Pawn shop, yeah. And, and <laughs> about three blocks from the campus. <laughs> And tried to sell him, but um, all right. Who did no. you who did you all draft two spots ahead of Sean Kemp in the nineteen eighty nine NBA draft? <laughs> From 19. Stanford. Oh, Todd Lichty. <laughs> you know, Todd wasn't a bad player. He just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, know. he was injured. He was injured all the time. Well, I he, mean, he, is he the guy? But he had to the, your point, the, to your point, he's no Sean. He's no Sean. He's no Sean Camp. <laughs> is he the poor guy that had the really bad car accident? His uh, his his girlfriend died. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They were. I remember um, that name now. Yeah. Yeah. They oh, were driving from uh, from Denver to uh, to his hometown. I think he was from. Oh man, maybe Walnut Creek, Good California. Lord, yes. Is that right? Holy. Right on Dan Issel, man. You are not. You are not Jim Beheim. You are considerable. I'm not. No, I, I, I still. I still. You know, Walnut come up Freak with something California. every once in a while. Good night. Anyways, keep going. And he's on. Uh, he was on I-80. Yep. And and they think he was driving, and they think he fell asleep. Oh, okay. Because yeah. they were trying to drive it overnight. Got it. Yeah. It was. It was devastating. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Poor guy. He um. Yeah, Todd Lichty. They're funny the things you you remember and don't remember and all that. So, um, all right. Well, uh, should we get to break here so we can get Ben in here on time? We got a absolutely lot, a lot to talk uh, about uh, with Ben, who I called a bum the other day. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to tell him that. <laughs> I am going to tell him he's a bum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, when you're ready to explore the outdoors, there's no better place than the Bluegrass State. Stop by and see Shin Coleman. Hike, bike, paddle fish, or even venture deep underground. This is Kentucky. Come see for yourself. Plan your summer getaway today at KentuckyTourism.com. Shout out to the guy on the text line mentioning Detlef Shrimp. More shrimp talk next. This segment with Dan Issel and Louis Rabot is presented by KentuckyTourism.com. Welcome back. Welcome back in 1030 segment here on a Thursday with our friend uh, Ben Roberts here on ESPN 680 1057. Issel and Louis taking you up until noon. Reminder that at noon over on 93.9, we will have the ACC tournament at Miami and Wake Forest. It is uh, Conference Championship Week brought to you by our friends at Kentucky Fish and Wildlife. Kelly Jobs, Seven County Services, and Kroger Fresh for everyone. And a reminder that after tomorrow night's game, um, sometime in the deep darkness of the night, Avery Dill, we will have the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show. Uh, that's James Striebel, Jason Entz, Mike Gandalfo, first place to hear 
uh, from Cal. Take your, ta- your calls, texts, and hear uh, from John Calipari, as I mentioned, all Friday night around 11. I'm going to guess 11. What do you think, uh, Ben Roberts? 11.35 they'll get to the postgame? What do you think? Um, we're, we're talking Friday night? Yeah. By the time yeah, UK actually gets on the court, plays the game, do the whole thing. Yeah. That, that, that's probably optimistic. For the for the actual post game, <laughs> I'm thinking closer to midnight for the the actual media session. Yeah, well, they get to go on right after the game because we don't have the rights to the call, so uh, they get to go on right after the game ends. So I'm going I'm going to stick. I'm over under 11:35, Dan. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know I won't be listening to it. <laughs> it's 9:35 where you are. All right, uh, MartiniLouisville.com, Martini Bistro in the East End, always uh, supporting us on our Thursdays. Go check them out for lunch or brunch this weekend. Um, and, uh, Ben, I called you a bum the other day on this show. And, uh, one of the reasons was you were part of a list of people who told me a couple weeks ago that we should just write off the Arkansas game as a loss this past weekend. How surprising was this as a win actually? Uh, well, first of all, Mike Gandolfo says that you know nothing about basketball because <laughs> you called him a bum too. And I could quote him on that. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw that out there. You're going to side with Gandolfo. Yep. Okay. I see what's going on. That's, <laughs> no, that's a great way to bring, bring in on, on a guest. I, I called you a bum, Ben. I didn't call you a bun. A... <laughs> or a bun. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I recall, Louie didn't think they had much of a chance I didn't. Saturday no, either I didn't. in Fayetteville. Uh, if, if, uh, if I'm right about that. But no, yeah, no, I, no, I was shocked. Uh, that, that was one of the strangest basketball games that I've ever been in the building for. I, it, you know, it, it felt like there was not even really a moment to breathe, uh, right. you know, during, during the two halves. It, it was just, there was just something going on all the time. And then you had obviously the, the Bud Walton crowd would be as hyped up as any crowd that we've seen this season. And then, you know, two minutes later would be dead quiet, uh, you know, after a Antonio Reeves flurry or a Jacob Toppin three or whatever would, would calm them down. So, yeah, no, it, it was a, it was a strange, strange afternoon and it was a, it was a really surprising result. Um, maybe not quite as surprising as that Tennessee game down there in Knoxville, but, you know, not, not too far down the list there. Ben, uh, Cal's had uh, a history of kind of poo-pooing the SEC tournament. We were talking yesterday. It, it's easy to do that when you're winning it, and when you go into the yeah. tournament as a one or a two or a three seed, it's a little different this year. Is is he taking it a little more seriously? Yeah, he doesn't seem to be. I mean, you know, he's talked about even how it could. He's talked seriously about how how it could improve seeding. Um, and improve momentum. Um, you know, I still think, I, I, you know, I, for the most part, I still think he's going into with the same outlook as he has in past years. And that is, you know, it's not unimportant. The important part is that the guys are still on that upward trajectory, um, that, that they're still competing, that they, uh, you know, are still moving in the right direction heading into the, you know, the tournament that matters. Um, Obviously, a lot of different moving parts here. I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, in any sort of despair if they lose in a semifinal game. And as long as they compete and play well, I think the circumstances right now, the most important part is to get out on the other side and be healthier than than you went in, or or at least just as healthy as when you went in. Ben Roberts with us at Ben Roberts HL on Twitter, Kentucky.com slash sports for all the happenings down at the Herald Leader. Uh, Dan and I have been talking about, you know, what the expectations should be this weekend. 
And I, I'm of the opinion, at least, what you don't want to do is tomorrow lose to Vanderbilt, and then you go into the committee room, two out of three, you know, lost two of your last three, both to Vanderbilt. Because if one person in that room doesn't respect Vanderbilt, that's bad for you. Um, I'm of the opinion they should they should be shooting for Sunday, and frankly, it gives you an opportunity to beat an Alabama team that is going to be as tired as you are. Uh, where does Ben Roberts fall? How far should they go this weekend? Yeah, I mean the way Bama's been playing, I don't know that you can you can uh, pin them into to Sunday, especially with you know a couple decent teams that, that are obviously capable of beating them on that side of the bracket. Uh, I do think the the most important part is winning tomorrow night. Uh, I assume it'll be Vanderbilt, um, although you know LSU sure. got them with Robbins uh, a couple weeks ago, so uh, that's that's no gimme tonight. But yeah, I, I think. You win that game, you get into Saturday, you're going to face a tough team. You're going to face an NCAA tournament team Saturday no matter what happens if you make it that far. Um, so a loss there I don't think really hurts your standing given the overall body of work. Uh, but a win there, yeah, you know, obviously gets you into Sunday. And I don't know that that Sunday result from a committee standpoint is going to make a whole lot of difference because there's so many things to move around that late in the day that unless – unless you're just going into it saying, okay, Kentucky's this seed if they win, this seed if they lose. Right. Uh, it's kind of hard to move around the other pieces uh, to make that work, even if they were to beat in Alabama. Uh, but getting through that Saturday game, beating another quality opponent, uh, is, is just one more feather uh, in their cap, cap going into you know the last day of the, the selection committee. Ben, you mentioned staying healthy, and I know Cal doesn't uh, tip his hand at all on the injuries. Are you hearing anything? Will Will Wallace play tomorrow night? Will CJ play? What are you hearing? Yeah, we're going to talk to Cal probably about midnight tonight, um, or I guess eleven Central Time. He's gonna He's going to talk to us for a few minutes after the result is known of the Vanderbilt LSU game. So, obviously, that'll be my first question, or whoever gets the first question, I'm sure that'll be their first question. Uh, and he has been, I feel like he has been a little bit more forthright, uh, you know, the past few weeks than certainly than he's been a lot of times in the past um, about whether guys are going to play or not. For Kaysen, uh, you know, it's a tricky situation because I don't, you know, based off what I've heard, he's not really anywhere close to 100%. So, you do you throw him out there in a game like this, with really, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not a whole lot on the line. Um, or do you give him that extra full week of rest to, to get back to where he needs to be? Um, that's going to be a tricky situation. I don't think Xavier Wheeler is going to play this weekend. And then CJ, just from the way Oscar answered some of my questions yesterday, I get the sense that CJ has not practiced yet. Um and I know that that is a – I mean, he really gutted it out just to play those 15 minutes Saturday. And that's one of those injuries I imagine that, you know, you go into it feeling one way and then you play 15 minutes against a team like Arkansas and, and you're going to feel a lot worse for the next couple of days. So that's going to be touch and go, I think, the rest of the season. Uh, and he's another one that, you know, do you – an injury like that where any kind of bump or physical contact can make it worse – do you put him out there in a game like this, or do you give him a an, an extra week to heal? I well, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't want to tell you how to do your job, Ben. But <laughs> go go ask Reeves if he's going to score thirty seven again. If he says yes, you don't have to play Wallace. <laughs> yeah, Oscar said all you know all Antonio has to do is score forty a night, and they should be uh, they should be pretty good. <laughs> 
Ben, what do you trust Cal on more? The fact that he slept on a couch in a house with no power or when he talks about player injuries? Um, well, they got the generator over there, right? <laughs> yes, dude, he makes nine million dollars a year. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was kind of playing playing that up a, a bit. And I, I wasn't there, obviously, and I do have power, so that's that's easy for me to say. Oh man! Um, but I'm, you know, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure some accommodations were made. Well, what was the second part of that? So I guess the first part I don't I don't really trust them. With that. I, don't, I don't remember what the second part was. The player on player injuries. Player injuries. Uh, yeah, no. I like I said. I, I think he's been. Um, you know, I, I think he's been a, a little bit more. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's tricky with any coach because you don't sure. want to tip your hand to the sure. other coach, especially during tournament time. So I understand it. I understand him not telling us what's going on. I feel like he's been a little bit more. Uh, truthful and, and forthcoming with, with what's going on this season. I did think it was interesting um, what he said after the game Saturday about basically telling the trainers and asking the players Friday before the Arkansas game who is going to be available because I'm not I'm not going into game day right. not knowing right. if we're not going to have a point guard. And the fact that they said on Friday, Kaysen is not playing is is you know obviously not a great sign for how that injury. Um, had been going. You know, it was just a couple days after it happened and ankles are tricky. But as tough a player as Kaysen is and as many injuries as I know he's been playing through already this season, for them just to say, no, no chance uh, the day before tells you that, that at least there's some degree of seriousness to that one. Uh, ben, this morning, uh, somehow I read John Clay's article. It wasn't intentional. Uh, but, but I did see that he picked uh, Texas A&M to win the tournament. Who is Ben Roberts picking? Yeah, I thought you guys might ask me that. So I was thinking about that earlier this morning. And I actually hadn't read John's uh, column yet. I was going to read it uh, this afternoon. And uh, Texas A&M was kind of the team that was kind of at the top of my mind. Like I said, Alabama, you know, those last four games, since a lot more details of that case have come out, uh, they haven't been playing nearly as well, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, You know, Tennessee can obviously beat anybody on on any given night, but they can also not score on any given night. Kentucky has their injury issues. Um, A&M's going to get a tough one uh, no matter what happens. Uh, for uh, for their Friday game, and then obviously they could play Kentucky would be another tough one on Saturday. But um, you know, kind of all that out there, I I, I think I might like Texas A and M too the way they've been playing uh, the past few weeks. But you know, that said, I, I think that kind of tells you that it's a pretty wide open tournament. You know, I, I don't know that anybody would be surprised if uh, you know an Auburn or Arkansas uh, you know snuck through there from from that Thursday game and, and made it to the final. Uh, I don't think anybody should be surprised if if uh, Missouri, uh, you know, made it to Sunday. So yeah, I think there's six or seven teams that we get to Sunday. I don't think we should be shocked uh, that, that they win the thing. Ben Roberts with us. He's presented by our friends over at Martini Italian Bistro in the East and Martini Louisville. dot com. Check them out for lunch or maybe for a drink special during their happy hour between four and six. Six dollar glasses of wine, seven dollar martinis over there at Martini Italian Bistro. Uh, ben. I- <clears throat> Something we've talked about on this show is is the consistent thing about Kentucky is that they are inconsistent. Um, but I am of the opinion that I think that John Calipari has done a very, very good job putting game plans together for this team the last month of the season. What do you think that looks like in the SEC tournament? 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it depends on, you know, that always depends on who he has sure. and what his objective is for this tournament. Um, you know, if he doesn't have Kaysen or Savir and CJ remains limited, uh, you know, what what happened Saturday worked well with, with Antonio being on the ball quite a bit, but also throwing some different looks out there. Obviously, you, you can't rely on Antonio to score 37 points uh, every night, but you you also figure Oscar Shibway isn't going to have the game that he had Saturday, that he's going to come up big and, and um, obviously not fall into some of the traps that he fell in uh, into at, at Fayetteville. So you're going to get more there. Chris Livingston, I, I think, can give you more. Um, you know, as, as far as a game plan perspective, I, I think if if the personnel is the same as what they have Saturday, I think the look is going to be a, a lot similar to, to what they had uh, Saturday. And that, you know, that Arkansas team, that was a big win. I mean, that was a huge, huge win. No that, I, for them to be a 10 seed, that, that that's crazy to me. The, the personnel that they have, and I know they, they lost Brazil early and, and Nick Smith's been out for a couple of months. Um, but that's a team that could beat anybody in the SEC in, in any given night. And it's a team that I don't think anybody – it looks like they're going to be an 8-9 in the NCAA tournament. So I don't. if you're a one seed, you don't want to see Arkansas, I don't think, in your pod on Selection Sunday. So that was a big one, and that tells me that that, that lineup that, that Cal worked with Saturday is capable of doing some, some pretty good things. Ben, you had an interesting uh, article this morning about uh, uh, people who you wouldn't suspect stepping up and having big games in the tournament. It happened yesterday all around the country. There were some guys, you know, marginal players that stepped up yesterday and had incredible games. I don't see that. I don't know who that would be on Kentucky's squad. Yeah, I think for this team, um, and I think there's two tiers of that as we kind of look back at the last 10 years of Kentucky. There's kind of that Josh Harrelson tier, where it was a guy who was a key contributor all season, but then just had a game like he had at Ohio State, um, or winning Gabriel to go off from from three point range the way he did against Alabama in that SEC tournament game, and then there's that like Marcus Lee uh, flurry that he had against Michigan, or Dominique Hawkins coming in and, and playing just such great perimeter defense, completely unexpectedly for for that team that, that made it to the title game. So I think in that top tier, I think Chris Livingston, if, if you would count him, uh, you know, I, would anybody be surprised if, if Chris went off for like 20 points and 10 rebounds against the Vanderbilt or, you know, uh, against a, a second-round NCAA tournament <laughs> opponent? You know, he's, he's done really good things at times this season, but, um, you know, I, I think that's certainly possible. And then in the second tier – you know, Damian Collins, maybe maybe Oscar gets in foul trouble uh, and the matchup suits him where Damian Collins comes in and has kind of that Marcus Lee type of game. Uh, I think he's probably, even though he hasn't played as much, is probably the most likely to, to be kind of that surprise guy. Adu, you know, we saw him play major minutes Saturday. I just don't, you know, he, he's more of a glue guy at this point. I, I don't see him going off for like 12, 14 points. Um, although, you know, maybe, maybe that happens depending on the circumstances. So, you know, I, I think there's, there, there is obviously that, that core group of, of Oscar Reeves, Toppin, Wallace when he's healthy. Um, but, you know, probably, probably still maybe some opportunities for another guy or two to, to get in there. 
Ben Roberts with us at Ben Roberts HL on Twitter. You can also find his stuff at Kentucky.com slash sports down at the Herald Leader. And um, even articles written by other people that I didn't know we were going to mention that anyone else works there, but here we go. Um, Travis Perry is about to break the state scoring record. And I asked this of you because you grew up here in Kentucky. Uh, even me, a guy who's an absolute transplant to this place, knows the name King Coleman. This is a huge deal, right? Yeah, no, this is, a, you know, and to be a junior, uh, too, is is uh, is amazing. Uh, you know, the fact that he started varsity uh, as a seventh grader um, and was good. You know, it wasn't just out there, but was good and, and, and has been, for as many shots that he puts up and, and the kind of style he plays, is an efficient, really good basketball player. You know, this isn't just some guy... Uh, although he does play for his dad, his dad is his coach, but it's not just some kid who plays for his dad who's out there chucking 50 shots a game, and, and that's how he that's how he gets the scoring record. I mean, this is a kid who obviously has a Kentucky offer, who has offers from, from big schools all around the country, um, at, at still, you know, a relatively young age to get that kind of, uh, get that kind of attention and notice around the country. Um, so yeah, it, it's a big deal. It, it, uh, it would be cool. You know, if that were to happen uh, in, in a Sweet 16 type venue, and um, you know, it obviously adds a lot more star power to that event, and and uh, you, you know, the fact that Cal has been down there now a couple times, uh, Travis uh, was here. I don't remember which game it was. It was late. I don't think it was the Vanderbilt game, but maybe it was the Auburn game. He took an unofficial visit to UK uh, fairly recently. So, um, yeah, it's always it's always a lot of fun. I remember that Dominique Hawkins. I guess 2013 Sweet 16. I, I was there for every game, and that's one of the most fun events I've I have ever covered. Just mm-hmm. because you have what's already a great event, and then you kind of put that additional star power and additional kind of UK angle onto it. It was was just a lot of fun. Yeah, those high school tournaments are great. Uh, ben, the uh, coaching carousel has already started. It was kind of awkward the way one of the best college basketball coaches ever walked out yesterday. Do you have an opinion on Bayheim and, and how that departure went? Uh, well, my wife's a Syracuse grad, mm. uh, so I was getting a lot of text messages about that yesterday. I, it was it was awkward, but I don't know that it was unexpected uh, given given Bayheim's you know history and the way. I mean, I think we really kind of saw that coming, if not the past few years, definitely the past few weeks. Uh, it was pretty clear that um, I, he wasn't necessarily going to step out of the way or, or do it gracefully. So so something was, if they wanted to move on, was was going to have to be done. And it, it was done, and it, it was indeed awkward. I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think now is the right time. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that was – going to be headed back in an upward trajectory anytime soon uh you know it's weird that the he it seemed pretty clear that he did not want to leave <laughs> yep. under those terms and, yep. and at that time and for a guy who's basically been there for the last 60 years as a player assistant and, and head coach um to go out like that is just certainly bizarre and the fact that it's a you know one of his former yeah all-time great players is going to be taken over for him and obviously a current assistant and that there was no kind of ceremonial passing of the torch or, or kind of anointing him in a press conference or anything like that. Um, I mean, it, it, it certainly could have been done a lot gracefully, but or a lot more gracefully, but, but I don't know that 
we should have expected it to be. <laughs> Do you think when they hang Bayheim in the rafters, they should have a picture of him picking his nose? <laughs> yeah, I mean I, that's uh, that that certainly became a became a thing. Um, no, I, I don't think they'll have that. I'm sure it'll be oh. on t-shirts uh, somewhere if it's not already, especially in. <laughs> If they were still in the Big East, you know it would be on uh, on opposing T-shirts. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we Dan Dan has a theory that after they left the Big East, he kind of lost some of the the vigor for the job. You know, because he had been in, you know, it, you know the SEC talks about it just matters more, it just means more. You know, in the Big East, those those basketball rivalries really are what those schools are about. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and I think that was I, just the whole program. I, it's not a death now because there's still Syracuse basketball and there's still going to be, you know, I'm, su- I'm sure there's still going to be good moving forward and there's still the, you know, the premier university in, in New York State. Sure. So that, that carries a lot of weight, um, especially on the recruiting trail. But, yeah, I mean, you know, especially now, yeah, my wife's a grad and, and she was a fan, so I've followed them, you know, a lot more closely than I follow other schools around the country. And yeah, that move from ACC to Big East, it just it. I don't know that it that he lost vigor so much that it just absolutely kills your identity, an identity mm. that he was building for. I mean, what 1979? I think is when the Big East started to when they moved out. I mean, he was building that thing for over 30 years. The fact that you know we're Big East basketball, we have these rivalries. You know, you recruit these New York City kids and you tell them the end of the season, we're playing at Madison Square Garden, yeah, right. uh, you know, against Georgetown and UConn and these other these other big-name schools. I mean, that's a big selling point, and it, it was a big, big part of it. It was their identity, was, was you know, one of those Big East giants. And then, you know, as, as he liked to say, there's not a whole lot of value in playing in Greensboro, North Carolina, which ironically is where he, he coached his final game yesterday. Uh, but he's right. I mean that that you know that doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know when, when you're recruiting, uh, you know the bigger East Coast cities and, and up in New York State. Ben, are you a printer's alley kind of guy? <laughs> a, a, a what? <laughs> a printer's alley isn't that isn't that where all the bars are in Nashville? Oh, in, uh, in, in Nashville, yeah. Well. Uh, probably won't be this week because I'm going to be staying out in Goodlitzville. Um, mm. <laughs> I waited a little too long to make the hotel reservations, and the uh, the, the prices in and around uh, the Nashville downtown area um, not not great. If if you're if you're trying to make any last minute plans to go down to go down there to the tournament this weekend, I know we can't so no, say anything because of the Derby, but Nashville hotel prices it's like the Derby's there every week. It is, yeah, well, and I, yeah, with concerts and stuff, they have right. something going on just about every week. But no, it's amazing to have that many hotels and to have those prices. But also, I that city, I mean, every I feel like every time I go by, uh, go back there, it, it feels like it's grown just in the last six months or year, two years, or however long since I've been there. So I was there a month ago, and I, it'll probably feel like it's bigger <laughs> when I when I go back uh, later on today. But but yeah, it's it's. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to stay down there. Hey, Ben, Ben, you're a big deal. You go into the Herald Leader. You tell the powers that be, I'm staying downtown. I don't care what it costs. Yeah. Well, usually when I do that, I would stay downtown, and then 
you know, you log the expense after, and, and that's, that's, how, that's how you do that. But I got you. Maybe, got you. maybe we'll save that for uh, for an NCAA tournament. I mean, you push Tipton out of the way, you're on this show. I mean, come on. I yeah. mean, they should be paying for this stuff. What are we doing? Absolutely. Oh, Ben hey, Robertson. One, one, one more for me. Would you do me a favor, Ben? When you talk to Cal tonight at midnight, would you ask him to show Oscar a few uh, minutes of the tape between Gonzaga and St. Mary's? Because because Timmy knows how to play a pick and roll, <laughs> and so and so please ask him to show Oscar a few minutes of that tape so Oscar's not standing in the middle of the lane guarding nobody. Yeah, no, that that's that, ball screens remain uh, remain an adventure, uh, and and I'm sure we'll we'll see more of that this weekend and and into next week. Yeah, I watched I watched that game Gonzaga. Yeah, they they're. They're playing some good basketball right now, and uh, yes, they, they, they are. certainly look good on that night. All right. Uh, ben Roberts, we'll get him out of here. MartiniLouisville.com, Martini Bistro in the East End. All right. We, for, because of the John Morant story this week, we learned that Dan really knows his Denver strip clubs. <laughs> are you a little surprised to know that Dan really understands the Denver strip club scene? <laughs> uh uh, I, I, no comment. Oh, all right. Okay. Hey, hey, you ruined the surprise. You ruined the surprise, Louie. If Kentucky plays in Denver, I was taking Ben to Shotgun Willie's. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll say I'm working on a on a jaw, yeah, sidebar, I guess, with the Kentucky angle. And, yeah, maybe, yeah, we'll try to sell that to the – the expense uh, expense account. That's right. Very last one, yeah. Ben. We talked NBA Jam earlier. Who was your player on NBA Jam? NBA Jam. Oh wow, we're going we're going back a ways. There's an NBA playground now that's basically the same Ooh. the same concept with with current players. Um, NBA Jam. I, I got Dan Marley was uh, <laughs> one of my guys. Oh man, the Suns. Uh, yes, on all those games back then, especially the NBA Live games. Because you could just bomb threes. Yeah, with just stand them, so. at that half court. Great. Yeah, right. Dan Marley, Central Michigan zone. All right, he is Kentucky's own. His name is Ben Roberts from the Herald Leader at Ben Roberts HL on Twitter. Ben, we'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks, right. Ben. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Poor Ben. He's never going to call again. <laughs> no, you call him a bum right off the bat. You could have eased into it a little bit, Louie. No way, because I knew he, I knew Gandalf had been texting him, so I knew. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No, no, it's a whole ecosystem of bums. Like that's that's what all of this is. We're all bums. That's uh, all right. First hour of the show, though, brought to you by our friends at Kentucky Tourism and KentuckyTourism dot com. Um, I also really can't recommend enough. Follow them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. Tons of beautiful pictures from around the state. Check out all of the happenings, golf, bourbon trail, whatever it is that you want to check out this spring, maybe even heading down to Keeneland at KentuckyTourism.com. On the other end, we'll talk to our friend Jay Davis from Cranes Detroit. That's next here on ESPN 680-1057. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. 
Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start, before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.